This is something that is universal. In fact, one of the easiest definitions of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. That's totally what's going on here. The, the spot price on shipping containers is about double what it was four months ago. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, else close the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, aspirationally, boys and girls. Uh, welcome to the Personal Wealth Coach. This is Jake McClure. On the line with me, I have... Jeff McClure. Uh, together, we are bald. Oh, together, we are the Personal Wealth Coach and, and bald. I'm glad you got that straight. Yes, we have to establish, this is full disclosure, you guys need to have uh, total knowledge of the fact that there are two bald men with beards talking to you at the moment. This podcast is called The Personal Wealth Coach, and that's also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm based in Salado, Texas. Now, the fact that it's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC approves or disapproves of anything, neither, neither does the secretary, whoever the secretary is, and this tape will destruct after it's listened to the dated yourself this tape will destruct your podcast tape is about to self-destruct that's why you can't find the tape in it anymore (laughs) it already has self-destructed because it's too old and uh, the information that we do present in this podcast we get from sources we think are very reliable but we don't make any guarantees as to the completeness or the accuracy of that reliability or anything else we just do the best we can the information that we're providing during this podcast is not considered investment advice. This information is educational because investment advice means that we know exactly who's listening and we can custom tailor all of our advice to them. So prepare to be educated. All right. So let's, let's leap off into inflation, shall we? This, is, this probably is the biggest question that I've gotten for the past, I don't know, three or four weeks from everyone on and that includes strange tax laws hovering around we've got other things to talk about on that subject like the step up in basis and other nerdly things that are if you're aware of them you're probably terrified if you're not aware of them you're gonna think why are we talking about this boring subject you're either terrified of it or you want to go to sleep this is the nature of economics um inflation we're seeing a rise in inflation right now who would have thought? Well, oh, we did, didn't we? Didn't we say something about this starting about a year ago at this point? That with the amount of cash we have in the system, coming back out of the pandemic, we should expect a spike in inflation. A year ago. Yeah, you're welcome to go to our webpage and go back several years and listen to our radio programs back then. And see what we had to say about it. And this is a normal part of our expectation. When people have are sitting on a lot more money than usual. And uh, last week we talked about how the debt to income ratio in the United States is now back to one. That means that people on their debt, they have about the same amount in debt as they have in income across across the entirety of it. Of course, that includes... The retired people that have all their houses paid off, as well as the people that are with student loans and a possibly really large mortgage. 
so there's people in that that have no debt and and lots of income and people in that that have much more debt than they have income but on average we're at one which means something really amazing for the United States we've not been here since we've been measuring it the closest we ever think it came in any living person's lifetime was right after World War II. There's a lot of parallels there. Why, why right after World War II? Well, because a lot of people came home from serving overseas. They didn't have mortgages. They had their severance from the military. They got last paycheck, which was a pretty large amount, and the GI Bill kicked in. So a lot of money was coming into the economy, and people were spending at a rate that they hadn't been spending before, and the factories and the shipping were simply not there to provide the amount of goods that were needed. So we had a spike in inflation at that point, too. You can come forward to today. There, there's some really fantastic pieces of information here. Let's see here. Uh, the first number we're, we're going to say is uh, inflation, the, the CPI, the core price-to-earnings ratio for 12 months change for May was up 3.8%. Now, we talk about this in, in the newsletter. Consumer prices rose 5% in May. Part of that is because we're looking back a year, just like we're saying when, when earnings changed over the 12-year trailing period. Prices have changed during that time period. People were buying less of a lot of things, so their prices dropped. As a, as a reminder of that, we had a period where you had to pay someone to take oil from you, not, not buy it from them. They would pay you to take it from them because we didn't have enough storage capacity and the demand was gone. So measuring back from a year ago doesn't make any sense. We also mentioned this in the newsletter. There's a microchip shortage. Computer chips are hard get a hold of these days because um, we shut down a lot of plants and so the people that were making those chips said, hey, we're not making money making these chips right now. Let's make some other kind of chip. And so they did or they shut down their plant as well. And now we have the demand without the supply. This always leads to inflation. This is something that is universal. In fact, one of the easiest definitions of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. That's totally what's going on here. The, the spot price on shipping containers is about double what it was four months ago. You want to add something here? There's an important factor in there other than too much money chasing too few goods. And that is, where's the money coming from? Is it coming through continual stream of money that's going to continue to chase the goods, or is it a flash issue that came in once. Yeah, a dam breaking or a release of a whole bunch of currency into the system. And that's a pretty easy answer. There's been a release of currency into the system. It's not that everybody's getting higher pay at work. That leads to ongoing inflation. This is a, a spike type event where you get a flood and it can be damaging. Don't get us wrong. We're not, we're not saying inflation's no big deal if it happens shortly. It's not fun to go through inflation when everything's more expensive. Um, shipping costs are up, food pro costs are up, used car prices are up, house prices are up. You go around saying, what can I, you know, lumber prices are up if you want to do a home improvement project. Plumbing prices are up, 
electrician prices are up. You just go down a list of things and you see all of this increases and in, all of these increases in prices. There's a little bit of rosy in there too. Grocery store prices have dropped recently. They have. Yeah. Or at least they haven't risen as fast as everything else. As people are going back to restaurants, groceries are becoming expensive less fast, expensive slower, <laughs> more expensive slower. Well, the, the critical the critical indicator here is the toilet paper index. Yes. Yes. Toilet paper has stabilized. We're going to call that the TPI, the toilet yes. paper index. In some cases has declined the price of toilet paper. Yes. Um, in fact, in some cases, we're going to say the price of toilet paper has gone into the toilet. Oh, that's kind of hyperbole, that but I could a, write some good newspaper articles, couldn't I? Bad, bad pun. Bad pun. This is potty humor. Yes. You are a father of small children. I am a dad joker. It is true. Yes. So the toilet paper index, which is humorous, but it's actually a pretty good reading on what's going on out there. It's not, there's not really an index, but if we watch the prices of toilet paper, it's come down. We have prices down for toilet paper. Who would have thought that this would be a major economic indicator? Who would have thought that little silicon computer chips would be the restricting part in building yeah. trucks and cars? Go back to the 1960s and say, uh, the whole economy's experiencing inflation because chips are more expensive. And they'd be looking at you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, used car prices are up 13% year over year. There are people that bought their car new last year that are selling it at a profit this year, a, a pretty significant profit after having used it the whole year. This is not a normal state of affairs. This is the automobiles are consumable items. They have wear and tear. They should become less valuable over time as long as you can replace them. Um, if you uh, look at another scenario where the same thing happened, and this goes back to, is this a systemic event or is this a one-time type event? Is this a flash flood or is this a one-time thing? Cuba gave us a massive amount of data unintentionally on how the prices of used cars could go up because Cuba was pretty well sanctioned into embargo. Uh, embargoed into sanctions, they they were pretty well sealed up from most trade from the rest of the of the planet. So the only cars that they had in Cuba for quite some time in this wonderful communist system, say that aspirationally, they wanted it to be a wonderful communist system. It didn't work out the way it, it, that the the dream was. Uh, but if we look at the price of automobiles in Cuba. Wait a minute, didn't I just say this was a communist system? How can you have prices for things that are owned by everyone? Well, because no communist system is truly 100% communist, there is some degree of ownership. And you have this amazing museum of automobiles in Cuba. Uh, have you seen pictures of automobiles yes. in Cuba? They're just absolutely gorgeous 1950s and 1960s automobiles, and that's all that they had for a long time. Those things became much more expensive over time. In order to own one of those, it was a very major event until eventually it was basically only owned by government officials because 
they didn't have a new stream of automobiles coming in. Can you put automobiles in a stream? I guess that's traffic, huh? That's exactly it. Let's get a traffic jam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that's stream. a stream of automobiles. Yeah, well, their, their traffic stopped. They had no new automobiles, which caused them to be much more valuable. That's what we're seeing in short term here. Does anyone, and just, just think about this for a second, does anyone actually think at the, we covered some degree of this, with the number of factories being built right now to create computer chips, we can reiterate what we've said over the past several months, there are a massive number of factories being built in the southwest of the United States. Taiwan companies building chips in Arizona. The number of microchip facility manufacturing points in the United States is more than doubling over the next 12 months. Now, that's still not enough to make up for all the plants that are still in China, but it's a big move. Okay, so lay that out. Does anyone think that in 12 months we're still going to have a microchip shortage when we're doubling capacity in the United States and they're raising capacity everywhere else in the world? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think there's some people who would. Yeah, they would say, well, of course there's going to be a shortage. It's part of the conspiracies of... Oh. Well, AMC has been losing money for years, the movie company. Yeah. And they... Lost a lot of money during the uh, the pandemic. You know, during the pandemic, and they're still losing money, and yet their price the price of their stock keeps going up because people are buying it because they think it's going to be more valuable in the future. So I right. think there's some people who would conclude that there will still be a shortage of chips into the future. Right, just like people. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I guess there are people that think this, which is why professionals that are investing make money, and amateurs generally don't is if you can look at a weather map and say it's likely to rain and bring an umbrella, it's probably better than being surprised by the rain. And at some point in the near future, near future being maybe 12 to 18 months out, we're going to have a microchip glut. It's going to be so cheap that it's going to inspire a lot of innovation. This is fantastic. We're going to have microchips the way they were three years ago, which was we had a glut of them. We had too many microchips. And that means that anybody can buy them and make new things with them. That's not happening as much as I would like to see right now. It took off during the pandemic and it slowed way back down because it's taking sometimes months to get something that used to be an overnight delivery. That's pretty normal, particularly when you get into electronics and microchips at this point. So getting to that point where the glut is here will make it much cheaper for new businesses, new companies to innovate and old businesses too, but they do less innovation. They're too busy keeping up with the product lines they already have. So what we see, and tell me if I'm putting words into your mouth, what we see is that the inflation spike that we're seeing we haven't seen the worst of it yet. It's going to get worse, and then it's going to get better. Um, why is it going to get worse? Because we're still sitting on a, man, make up new word meaning large amount of cash. Huge amounts of cash in the system that we're all sitting on. The fact that we have cut back on our debt enough uh, on average in the United States to go to a, a debt to income of one when 
15 years ago, it was two. We had twice as much debt as we had income, and interest rates are down from then. Why is that important? Because that means debt is less expensive today than it was then, and we still have less of it. So that means that there's a lot of cash and a lot of bank loans available to create more cash because there's not as much debt as there usually is. Um, and that's th these are all strange because I'm still getting emails from people talking about dangerous debt issues. And there are some dangerous debt issues out there. There's a lot of high yield debt that's being traded like it's not junk bonds. There's a lot of municipal securities that may fail that people are buying up their bonds. So there's risky items out there. Just like we're saying in the stock market, there's overpriced, there's underpriced. When you're talking about the economy as a whole, there's just a massive amount of money and a massive amount of loans available, which means that we haven't hit the hardest part of the inflation yet. I, I think we're just ramping up to it. But I also think that once the supply chain issues start getting sorted out, we may in a year and a half or so see some deflation. We may see the reverse as all these companies, and this not Federal Reserve driven deflation, not interest rate dropping type stuff. I mean, like enough companies say, hey, it's going to be really profitable to make microchips because look at the prices they're selling for right now that they all jump in and make factories to make microchips, which means when the microchips come out, everybody's selling them at the same time. There's more supply than the demand, and that causes the price to drop, which is deflationary. So, and I'm kind of seeing that across the board. In medicine, in microchips, in automobiles, we're at a point where demand is far higher than supply right now, but that tends to reverse itself in expanding booms. And that's what we're in right now. There. That was my long-winded diatribe against and for inflation. Thank you very much for listening, if you have. If you haven't, then no thanks to you. Um, if you'd like to talk to us off the air, you can go to the webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. You can email us through there, contact us through there, podcasts, newsletters, all that good stuff. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.